Insights is outside the box. Standing by to join me is Michelle Danner, and she has an incredible background. She is a performer, teacher, storyteller, entrepreneur, and expert in filmmaking and a whole lot more. Thank you so much. Welcome to the show. Hi, how are you? You were on my other show on KUCI, and I wanted to have you on this show because, as I mentioned, this show was in response to what people have gone through in the pandemic. I love when people can share their background, their backstory into how they got to where they are now. Uh, I know you have a very strong background in acting, and perhaps you could share at what point acting became your passion. Yes, well, very, very early age, my dad was um, opened the very first offices of the William Morris Agency, which now is the William Morris Endeavor, in Paris, in Europe, off the Champs Elysees. So, I was as I was a little girl, I grew up in a whole entire environment filled with artists, um, singers, dancers, actors. My dad would take me quite a lot to the office, and I would play under the desk. And uh, you know, these these great people would come in. Edith Piaf and young Julio Iglesias and uh, uh, Sammy Davis Jr. And, uh, you know, a lot of French artists and Italian artists. And I was just, you know, really in the in, in the middle of it and, and then fell in love, you know, with literature and plays and movies. So I grew up in a very artistic atmosphere. Um, and then we moved back to the United States, to New York, where I was lucky enough to study with some great iconic acting teachers, such as Stella Adler and Uta Hagen, uh, and some wonderful other teachers, you know, Stephen Strumpel and Herbert Berghoff, Bill Esper. Um, and I, you know, also fell in love with, uh, with acting, which is always a great foundation if you want to direct films. Uh, certainly as a teacher, I always say that, you know, if you had a little... <laughs> the tape of me taking Stella Adler's class. I was, uh, you know, an avid listener and I had, you know, I was taking copious notes. I have like boxes filled with notes. Just passionate about the theater, passionate about storytelling, passionate about words, literature. And, you know, I was happy to move from Europe, from Paris to New York, and then from New York to Los Angeles. But my whole entire life, including, you know, this even during this COVID time, I've always traveled quite a bit uh, all over the world, doing different, you know, either master classes in acting or shooting um, or going to visit places. So, um, you know, I've never quite, um, I'm always work, work, work at something. I'm we always have a love involved. of learning. I do. I really, really do. As a matter of fact, few years back now, there was a class on the UCLA campus with Mark Rydell, Martin Landau, and Lyle Kessler. I uh, love Lyle Kessler, love all of them. I just walked through the campus, and this is a few years ago, you know, I think about four or five years ago, maybe. And I was walking through the campus of UCLA with the fresh air hitting my face and thinking, you know, it brought me back to when I was going to college and a um, long time ago. Uh, and, and, you know, it just I reminded myself that I love learning. I love learning all the time. So I think that, you know, as I'm going to continue on and hopefully for many, many years, you know, I, I see myself learning until the very last day on earth. You know, Michelle, lately I was thinking how that part of my personality, that love of learning, that curiosity, 
drives me and keeps me resilient and positive in times of uncertainty. So the pandemic, and I, I decided to switch my show to on camera because I got to meet new faces and make these connections as opposed to just doing audio. It's really unbelievable because it's wonderful to talk about your films, Michelle, but it's also really great to see the spark in your eye. And when you share a story and you talk about a project, it's beautiful. So I'm, I'm so glad you could be on the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. What do you think would be helpful for perhaps students who were looking forward to working in the film industry and then their plans crashed and burned? I mean, perhaps what advice could you give them for pivoting or keeping things creative and moving along? Maybe if you could put yourself in their shoes, what you would have done. You know, I think that you have to develop a very strong connection with yourself. And you have to take yourself by the hand or maybe hook into the part of you that's a younger you, you know, maybe the child in you. And, you know, really um, be good friends with that person and be loving mm -hmm. towards that little you inside of you and nurture them through the different stages of life, whether they're successes or failures, uh, obstacles, challenges, it doesn't matter, they all somewhat live next to each other. Right. And, um, you know, I've had all of it. I've had the roller coaster of life, um, including hitting rock bottom. And, um, and then just know that everything is a possibility to learn something. Yes. You know, you're learning about you, you're learning about life, you're learning about other people, you're learning about events. Everything is about growth at the end. It doesn't matter if you're wildly successful or if you really, you know, uh, hit the pavement, it, it doesn't. As long as there's something that you really get that's powerful from every experience. Yes. So, you know, it's okay. It's okay to, to fail. I mean, I think fail has to be uh, absolutely a perfect thing to do. I agree. You know, it's funny you say this because I remember well, about a year ago, I was mentoring a student who went to Syracuse and he also went to my high school and he was saying he lost this great opportunity in sports journalism because of the pandemic. And he described the opportunity and I thought, mm, I bet there's something better around the corner. So I would talk to him for about an hour. And after the hour, we had brainstormed some ideas. Would you believe he got a summer job at Syracuse University and a summer job at our high school? Even better than the plans that he had really thought he wanted so badly. And the point is that Let's say someone goes and they interview for their dream, whatever. It doesn't work out. You know what? That's okay. Maybe it just wasn't meant to be. And you're meant to go and create your own thing, right? And become an entrepreneur, create your own film project. You have to trust that that was just not meant to be. Yeah. And sometimes it could come back around or sometimes something else that turned out to be better. And you don't know it yet. You know, hindsight is always twenty twenty, but you may know it down the line that that turned out to be the best thing. That's happened to me so many times, uh, you know, right down to buying a house. You know, I really wanted that house, but I didn't get it. But yeah. then it turned out this other house was the one I was really meant to be in, or that other role in a movie was the really the, the character I was meant to play. Mm -hmm. And I've seen it in, in other people as well. And so you have to really develop that, you know, wonderful connection with yourself. And, and, and talk to yourself and dialogue inside of yourself and, and be connected and just know that um, everything that happens, happens for a reason. And, yeah, and so if you have that, it's faith. It's really about having faith. 
And if you have that, that's going to take you through all the trials and tribulations of what a life in show business uh, is certainly there to offer you. I know because there are so many rejections in show business and the, and the entertainment industry, specifically LA and New York, was totally clobbered. That's an understatement during the pandemic. I mean, agencies shut down. Some never reopened. People started shooting things from home, right? Right down to acting schools. I'm just amazed. Friends of mine that run acting schools have shut down because also there's a certain uncertainty right now with COVID and with this variant that has developed and potentially another variant and the fear of, you know, maybe not a complete shutdown. I don't think we'll go there again, but something partial, which will derail, you know, businesses. So people are hesitant to reopen. I'm not talking, you know, and so there's a lot of businesses that have gone down to the, you know, that have ended. But then, you know, some restaurants that we miss tremendously here in Santa Monica, but some have reopened. And we're so thrilled about that. We're like, you know, my children especially, oh, we'll be able to go to that restaurant again. Oh, that's great. And yeah, especially with COVID, we realized how much restaurants, you know, we'll eat at home a lot because it's healthy. <laughs> but, you know, how much you get attached to certain foods of and course. certain places, it's memories that go with it. Um, but I mean, with businesses, yeah, I mean, it's better now. It's a little bit better now. But like, you know, four or five months ago when you would drive here in Santa Monica down Main Street. And yes, everything. Holly in Hollywood, it looked like a little apocalyptic. I know. <laughs> it looked like, yeah, things were still boarded up from fear of, you know, riots and stuff. And so it was uh, definitely. But, you know, little by little, you know, people are resilient. We're resilient and people rebuild. And, uh, and we obviously have to have faith in that. Um, so, yeah, you know. That's true. Now, I'm looking at your background, and I'm thinking, look at all of those awards. Is that just for the film, the, your latest film? Yes, this is my fifth feature film. And there's actually more than these ones in the back. This now has become uh, an older graphic. We were just in Italy. We went to this incredible film festival, the Ischia Global Film Festival. And we're going to be at Catalina, the Catalina Film Festival in the next oh, few weeks. Fantastic. And then we're going to be uh, in another film festival that's going to be at the Chinese in Hollywood. So um, we've done great film festivals. We're at CineQuest, WorldFest Houston, um, a Suspense Thriller Film Festival, New Filmmakers in New York. I mean, so many. And, uh, and we've won awards. And it's great. Bravo. Um, Really excited about, yeah. I mean, it's okay. You know, I've, I've had movies where I've won nothing and I've had movies like this one where we won a lot. So now was this in the pandemic you've won all these accolades or before? Yes. Yeah. So we shot this movie right before the lockdown okay. and uh, it was just meant to be because we were not going to shoot it then. We we're going to shoot it in April, but we um, pushed through somehow. We were like, let's just do it. You know, let's make it happen. We've got a lot of things in place. Mm -hmm. And we did it. And then like right away, there was the, you know, COVID came upon us. But I had this time at home to edit. And I learned something absolutely great about the process, which was, you know, this, I, I really felt that I've been on the fast lane. I really felt that I was on the treadmill. There was a certain adrenaline that was pushing me through and go, 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 do, 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 be, be, be. And the fact that I was able to just, I was like, what day is today? 
oh, today's Wednesday. Uh, you know, just because, you know, we don't have to go anywhere. Yes. And I sat down at the editing in the editing room and I was like, okay, you know, we'll edit, let's edit four hours today. Oh, well, you know, we edit five hours or six hours. It was just so relaxed and so easy without a certain demand upon, which is yes. you got to do it. You got to be, a, you got to finish this scene. And no, it's like, it's just relaxed. And this probably is my best movie up till date. And I think some of it has to do with that just release with letting go. It'll be what, it, you know. That says a lot. Yeah, I always use this analogy, which I kind of love, you know, when you're driving and, you know, and you're not driving fast enough for the driver next to you and they just pass you and they muscularize and they put their foot on the gas pedal and they look at you and they give you a dirty look. Or they flip you the bird. (laughs) Yeah, and then a minute later, you're at the same light and you look at them and they get all angry and muscularized and everything. And you're exactly at the same place, but you're more relaxed. You didn't just, you know, go, I gotta go, you know? I know. It's funny. I remember seeing something, I think it was over a year ago. Um, These two women are in separate cars and they're really aggressive. And one of them gives someone a dirty look. Things are said. They're both having their own conversations about the other person who they don't even know. And where are they going? They're going to yoga. (laughs) (laughs) That's a perfect example. Right? They're going to yoga class. Yeah. (laughs) Crazy. So tell me about... This latest project, what's it about? Where did the inspiration come from? The inspiration came uh, late at night. I was watching a news report about how police enforcement were forcing high schoolers to wire up so they could capture the big drug lord, drug kinpin of the town. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, parents are not aware of what's happening and, and children feel that they have to do it. And, and stuff happens, shit happens. Um, and so I'm watching this story about this particular teenager that got themselves caught into this whole, you know, net. And I just start to cry and I just start to write three pages of a treatment. The day after I call a writer, a friend of mine, I directed a movie he wrote before the runner called Bad Impulse that's out everywhere to be seen, Jason Chase Terrell. And I said, would you write the screenplay? And he did. He jumped on it and he wrote it. He said it wasn't easy for him to write it because it's, it's a tough story to write. But uh, he did. And, uh, and then we worked on it. Um, and then I cast it. And I was able to raise financing and make it happen. Amazing. And uh, that's how it came about. It came about with me being affected by something that is happening, you know, that is very relevant in the news. Yes. And um, in getting a great writer to write. Someone had said to me lately, um, because I think I told you I've, I've submitted to different festivals on Film Freeway, shorts, and I've gotten into a couple festivals during the pandemic. I was just writing and writing. They said, where do you get your ideas? I said, just being open to life, to total strangers, to conversations, to things that are funny, to things that are meaningful, to things that could have a twist. I just put them down on paper. Absolutely. Just now I was in Italy and I was just very inspired in Italy. I don't know if it was the air, but and especially at this film festival, there were a lot of wonderful movies that premiered there. Eli Roth showed, showed a documentary about sharks. Mm-hmm. Um, Fisher Stevens was there. There were a lot of you know young up and coming filmmakers. And, and I thought I started to write another treatment 
of a movie that we could shoot there in Ischia. I was particularly taken with this island. And for the longest time, I've loved this movie, The Talented Mr. Ripley, directed by late Anthony Minghella. And there's this beautiful scene on the beach with Jude Law and Matt Damon and Gwyneth Paltrow. And I always was like, where, where is this beach on the face of this earth? Well, it turns out it was in Ischia. So, so being there, and I found that out after I got to Ischia. So being there and... I was just very inspired. And then also, I was definitely open to writing some ideas. And maybe, who knows, next year we'll shoot a movie there. You never know. Now, was it, was it hard at first to imagine bringing your ideas to life? I mean, that process, did you have mentors to do this? I think I didn't trust that maybe I had good ideas. I also didn't trust that I could write. It turns out that I can actually write as well. Uh, you know, some of it is the belief in yourself. Yes. That... Uh, you know, somehow I didn't have, but I do now. <laughs> um, I think the more you read and the more you watch and the more conversations you have and the more you live, obviously, gives you, you know, confidence and clarity about what you're able to accomplish. Yes. I and vision. The more you live. Yeah, and vision yeah. for what you want to, you know, what are the things that you want to do and not waste time doing things that, you know, will not help you to fulfill your, your mission and your vision. I love exploring the relationship between generations, specifically uh, teens. Sometimes they might be troubled teens and their connection with, let's say, their estranged grandmother who might be very eclectic or kooky or whatever. And I, I write different relationships, intergenerational and, and also very diverse uh, scripts. I like really having mostly female leads um, I've written uh, a feature with a girl who is, who's missing a leg. Um, I, I just really like having the world represented in my writing, you know, not just one little that's, narrow viewfinder. That's really important. I mean, look what happened this year at Sundance, you know, the big success story with this movie Coda. I don't know if you get a chance to see it. I haven't seen it, but I've heard about it great i mean it really brings tears to your eyes i happen to know one of the lead actors in it who plays the father he's wonderful i saw him on stage several times you know he's deaf and uh, as part of the uh, a deaf play directed by a good friend of mine and uh, deborah levine and um you know it's just a wonderful movie and it you know it's, it's unique i mean i think that it's really important to write stories that are unique that we haven't seen yes so important any advice you would give to people that want to get into filmmaking? Um, they don't really know. They've got scripts. They don't really know what to do next. I was coaching this actor last week. And, you know, he wanted that. He asked me that same question. He wanted that same advice. So he was telling me how he was reading and he was watching and he was learning material and he was taking classes and he was working on himself. And I said, you know, you're, you're doing it. You're doing it. Mm -hmm. Just keep tackling things that scare you. Expand, you know. Yeah. Read things that you normally would not read. Watch things that you normally would not want. That's how you, you know, push and expand the goalposts. Um, you know, I have a son uh, who is studying film and he's passionate about film. And, you know, he's at USC and he shows me these movies that normally I would never watch. Um, <laughs> But, you know, this last one he showed me was the movie called The Void. It actually turned out to be really good. It won awards. Was it scary? Scary. 
scary. Yeah, you it went, can't do scary. Yeah, yeah, it was scary. But, you know, you learn from it. It was filled with metaphors and visuals. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it was great. But on my own, I would never watch a movie like that. Yes. So I watch all those movies that he shows me. And by the same token, he said, you know, because he just shot a 1940s film noir. He said, I want to watch Casablanca with you. And I was like, oh, God, I've watched Casablanca so many times. I do not want to watch Casablanca one more time. But I took a deep breath and I was like, of course, I want to watch Casablanca Plus, with Michelle, you. when your son wants to spend quality time and watch a film with you, what are you going to do? That's the other thing. Exactly. <laughs> He's 18. Like, how many times will that happen? Come on. Yeah. And then I watched Casablanca and it's like I saw things that I had never seen before. I missed things, physicalities that Ingrid Bergman did, that Humphrey Bogart did, that Claude Rains did. And I'm like, see, that's the key, I think. That would be, I think, something really important uh, to, to the younger, the next generation, is watch things over and over again. Don't think because you've seen it one time that you're done with it. You know, that's my defense mechanism. I've seen it. Well, see it again. See it again. Because you're going to learn by watching again i see him and i learn from him he watches movies you know eight times nine times ten times wow. that's how you really how it really penetrates you that's how you really absorb it and then read a ton i never have it's one of my greatest frustrations because having two kids and having you know a career and else that goes on you know you don't have enough time to read all the things that you want to read but when you're a young actor, and I always tell, you know, my actors, you don't have kids right now. These are your golden years, because once you have children, you're fucked, but in a wonderful <laughs> way. Technically but speaking, wonder- yes. Yeah, but in a wonderful way. But this is where, you know, I remember when I didn't have kids, and I would finish teaching a class at four o'clock in the afternoon, and would go down to the Man Theater and the Third Street Promenade, and would watch a feature at four, at six, at eight, at ten, four movies back to back. Well, I can't do that anymore today. I just don't don't have it. But, you know, um, I can do one. Uh, but, but those are the years. Those are the, the golden years. That. No, because then you're going to, you know, have other responsibilities and obligations. Yes. And you're going to go, what's my child doing? What's that child doing? What's happening? Right. And so the, the greatest thing that is going on right now, the greatest gold that is available to you is your time mm. and the freedom that you have to do everything that you can do with that time and immerse yourself in great things. Yes. So that's, that's what my advice would be. That is great advice. And the other thing is that life doesn't have to be linear. I think it's so much more exciting when you're, you start doing one thing and then perhaps you take a diversion. And I, I went to a um, Syracuse alumni luncheon. I did not want to go to my dad signed me up, said, Oh, by the way, you're going to this lunch tomorrow with the four seasons. And I thought, Oh, come on. And the best thing that came out of it was I met a woman, an older actress, and I happened to tell her how unfulfilled I was in my job and I was miserable. And she said, sweetheart, what do you really want to do? And I said, well, voice acting sounds so interesting. I've had a little of exposure to it. And I, she told me she did it. She gave me the name of her acting teacher. Talk about a gift. She said, and you're to call her and then call me back and tell me you called her. And that, you, you know, you're going to meet with her. And, and I did that. But that's what I mean. Be open and know that those unexpected moments are total gems, right? Totally. Yeah. You have to. Absolutely. You have to be open to I mean, I just actually had one of these gems happen right now. I, uh, somebody asked me to go to a, a business uh, breakfast meeting. And I was like, well, you know, let's do it on Zoom. 
<laughs> you know, why do we have to go? <laughs> but it was outside, and it was okay. it was great. It was great. It worked out really well, and I really enjoyed meeting this person. Um, you know, and then potentially it could be, you know, could lead us to something wonderful. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this idea, you know, of just being open and following through is really important. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but a lot of times when I don't feel like doing something and I'm overthinking why I don't want to go and go to this event and then I go, I have the best time. Oh, yeah. Well, that's my motto. I always say I, it's, that's how you, you make the muscle strong of doing it when you don't particularly feel like doing it. And I always say I never feel like doing anything, including shooting movies. I mean, I never want to do it. I always have to push myself to do it. I always have to go, okay, we'll start principal photography on this date. I never want to do anything, but every time I push myself to do it and I don't want to do it, yes. there's a great payoff to that. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah there is. So true. Where can people find out more about you? Well, I, uh, you know, there's the Instagram, Michelle Danner LA. There's michelledanner.com. The Los Angeles Acting Conservatory is also the school where we do all the conservatory programs. People come and study with us from all over the world. Um, And All in Films is a place where you can find all the movies that uh, that were done and all the upcoming movies. We have actually several projects in in development, web series, documentaries. So we're we're hard at work, uh, especially, you know, as hopefully we're turning a corner, creating uh, lots of wonderful stories. Fantastic. Do you have a specific genre that you like to focus on? I know you do like sometimes horror, sometimes suspense. Yeah, I wouldn't say horror is like my favorite genre. I would I like more psychological thrillers. Mm-hmm. So this movie that I did, Bad Impulse, with Paul Servino and, and Sonia Walger and Grant Bowler, that's out everywhere. It's a psychological thriller. It's got a tiny little bit of horror and a little supernatural. But uh, I like stories that keep you on the edge of your seat. I also love comedies that have heart. Yeah. Uh, I love, for instance, Terms of Endearment. Mm-hmm. is one of my very favorite comedies. I know it's it's sad, but before you get to the tears, there's a lot of laughs. Um, and I love to watch, there's so many great TV shows right now. You know, it's that golden age. Mm-hmm. And there's things that, like, I'm late to the game. You know, I'm late to the game watching Schitt's Creek. But I just love Schitt's Creek or episodes. So hilarious. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, some fun stuff. And uh, now, uh, you know, there's French things that I love, Call My Agent. I love uh, things like Homeland or The Bureau. I love political thrillers. So I would say that I'm very varied. I have a very eclectic taste in terms of what I watch. But I can tell you that I do watch quite a lot. Uh, I watch as much as I can, as a matter of fact, because it's important. It influences you, you know, in acting, in directing, in writing. It's, It's everything, really. It is important to watch things and how they're done. And yeah, and I, of course, I don't just look at, you know, the writing and the acting. I also look at the, the, the cinematography. Mm-hmm. I look at how it's lit. I look at the costumes. I look at the production design. I look at the editing. I look at the music, the sound design. There's many other elements when you make movies that are part of it. And, um, you know, it's just, it's a joy. I think if you have that creative chip in you, if you were born with that. And, and creativity is something that you need to do just like you need to drink water. Um, you know, you're, you're gifted with that. And yes. so you have to nurture that. And it feeds your soul. Oh, yeah. Very so. Well, Michelle, I really enjoyed this. Congratulations on all you're doing. 
And at some point, let's meet in person. Let's do that. When you come up to LA, I come down to Orange County. Yeah. Sounds good. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Mm-hmm.